Hello, and welcome back into podcast number three, the end of the regular season. Uh, it is now officially playoff time. Jamie Lynn has passed around six cans of Natty Light, and we have the six men that will embark on a perilous three-week journey to win over her heart with the hopes of spending the rest of the year with her. Treats me like a princess Let's be happy my way I can tell he's hanging On every word that I say All he does is love me Swears that's what he's here for So how could I On the flip side, the six men that did not get one of those wonderful, delicious, goldenly crisp cans of Natty Light have been relegated to the dank, dark state of Indiana, where Carolyn resides and will spend the rest of the year slowly chipping away your self-confidence until draft weekend gets here and you have a chance to win it all back. Those are the stakes, folks. I can't help but tell you what they are. And unfortunately, I'm one of the six, again, who is stuck battling to not become Carolyn's new beau. And trust me, last night I was in a towering rage, only contributed further by the fact that now that I work at a publicly traded company, I have to go into work on fucking snow days. We got at least eight inches. And normally I'd play the sad sack role, say, oh, I can't make it to work. But nope, tried all that, still went to work, came home, dug out the car, and here we are. So while my rage was towering last night, at this point, it's kind of just settled into a white hot, anger that will be there for the rest of my life. I will always remember 2019 as the year that I lost four straight weeks to miss out on Jamie Lynn. Uh, I talked with Dustin on our previous podcast about him missing the playoffs. Well, I think this is going to now be four years in a row that I did not make the playoffs. Four years of utter ineptitude. Basically, Ever since I've moved back up here, I cannot win. So uh, I will be spending the rest of the winter trying to convince Christina to move uh, so that I can finally fucking win and get into the playoffs. I think at the end of the day, though, I'll blame Tyler Lockett. You know, it's easy. I I feel like I always laugh at people who are like, oh, I'll never draft uh, that person again. I think Sean has mentioned multiple times that he will never draft Matt Ryan again. Um, And I kind of snickered. But I really will never, ever draft Tyler Lockett again. I don't want to overstate this, but he's the reason why I didn't make the playoffs. Nine points in the last four weeks. Nine. I lost all four of those games. If he had put up just normal wide receiver replacement level numbers, I would be in the playoffs. 
nine points in the last four weeks. The previous nine weeks, since we're at week 13, eight of them, he finished with double digits. Two of them, he finished with 75 combined. It's his fault. I will never forgive him for what he put me through. And I think at the end of the day, this collapse will be known as the greatest collapse in cheap beer history. If only there was a way for us to know, but, you know, Brian Roach still refuses to do any bookkeeping, any data collection. Uh, So we may never know unless I get some free time in the summer, which looking at the job that I just signed up for, it's not going to happen. So Tyler Lockett, fuck you. I can't believe it. I can't believe he did not record a goddamn catch. (laughs) Goddamn catch. All he had to do was three for 70, you know, five for 50. Uh, And I feel like I've heard everyone complain about injuries, so it's probably, you know, that just is fantasy football at this point. But the only top five pick of mine that played in week 13 was Mike Evans, who had nine points. Carryon Johnson, gone. David Johnson, awful. Tyler Lockett, fuck you. And OJ Howard, which once again, fuck tight ends. It'll I will be spending this whole summer convincing everyone that we need another flex and no more tight ends. It's ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous that we have to fill that spot with garbage. Uh, before I go into kind of the rest of the league. And, you know, put my commissioner hat back on. I just want to say this. If we had moved to a rotisserie style league based solely on points for Joel and I would be in the playoffs. Mike and Tim would not. So you'll be not surprised to see that I don't have very much hope for either of them to win Jamie Lynn's heart. Since I'm recording this Tuesday night, my hope is that I can finish this up. Uh, It's 8.50 right now uh, and put together the rest of the listicles. I obviously need to get that done before the next week because then all of the points and stuff will be tainted. Uh, So my hope is that I'll have our all cheap beer team round by round best pick breakdown. I think I did it for the first seven or eight rounds before it got depressing Uh, The first five rounds, terrible picks. You can bet your ass David Johnson will be on there uh, just because he played the most, Um, but I'll have to double check. Men of the week tallies, since ESPN got rid of our trophy case and I have no idea how many times people have won man of the week, I now need to restart that. Uh, So I will show how many people or how many times each person won man of the week. How many times each person won deadass last? We'll look at the biggest beatdown. I have to think it was Joel's beatdown of myself. Uh, We'll look at most points scored in a week and fewest. I think most points scored is once again Joel. I don't think 200 points has been broken, but once again, Roach. 
at some point. We'd love data. Uh, and then finally, we'll end with the Michael Scott, no God, no losses. So the losses where someone finished in the top four and points scored that week and still lost. Uh, because there's nothing worse than scoring a shitload of points and playing the only other person that scores more uh, and losing. Who knows? Maybe it would have changed the dynamic of these playoffs. However, we here at Cheap Beer care a lot about Jamie Lynn Spears. More power, more passion instead of just acting like I'm the one that he's been looking for. Now, I feel like I know, um, and maybe most of you know the story behind why our trophy is named for Jamie Lynn. Um, but just to continue to give background, it's because one year, sophomore year, not one year, sophomore year of college, we're sitting in Davenport A. For those UMass folks um, or others that did not attend Northeastern, the Dav A uh, dorm room was where Joel and Dan were rooming with two other random people. While we were there, Dan obviously collected barstool uh, smoke shows. And so, you know, being 20 years old, we we're going around talking about our perfect tens. For instance, my perfect 10 is Blake Lively. No one will be ever as sexy as Blake Lively. My God. I don't know if we had gone around once or twice, and maybe that's what happened. My memory is hazy. But at some point, our own Dustin Sylvia says his perfect 10 is Jamie Lynn Spears. Yes. Perfect 10, Jamie Lynn Spears. Now I have to be honest. I never thought about Jamie Lynn Spears as a top hottest person, but there we are. Uh, and so I kept that in my mind. And slowly as I became in charge of this league, I knew that that was going to be what our trophy had to be named after. So that's why... Here in 2019, these six men are racing for Jamie Lynn's heart. He's got the kind of heart that any girl would die for. So how could I want more? How could I want more? So I've gone through here, you know, being a degenerate gambler, and put odds next to who I think is most likely to win. Uh, if anyone wants to bet on these odds, please let me know because I will happily take your money. Best odds. Stanielle Derns, plus 250. Now, I know all of you jaws dropped. Stanielle Derns? Yes, Stanielle Derns. Three of five years that I've been commissioner, a division winner wins Jamie Lynn's heart. I feel like that trend is going to continue this year, uh, just because I can't imagine only 50% of our Jamie Lynn winners not winning a division. Dan already has a bye into the semifinals, so just feels like he set himself up for success. However, 
not all is rosy with Staniel Derns. McCaffrey finally finished with under 20 points this last week. Ron Rivera has been fired. Who knows what that Panthers offense will look like those next two weeks, since this next week does not matter for Staniel. In those two weeks, McCaffrey is going up against the Seattle Seahawks, who have the 11th best run defense in terms of fantasy, and the Indianapolis Colts, who have the sixth best run defense. Uh, So those are two tough matchups. And we saw last week, if Staniel can't get 30 points from McCaffrey, he is definitely beatable. That being said, the Patriots don't have any wide receivers. Julian Edelman has hit double digits since week four. I fully expect that to continue because Mohamed Sanu is old and not that good. Uh, Nikhil Harry is young, not that good. And Jacoby Myers, whatever the fuck his name is, not that good. So, Staniel Derns is the favorite, but it's with the caveat that Christian McCaffrey does not have very good matchups in the playoffs. And it'll be interesting to see if his receivers and Melvin Gordon can continue to carry him. Number two, Goaty McGoatface at plus 325. It's a great draw for Goaty. It's the sixth seed. He gets to come in against Coitus Martin, who surprisingly to me has either the third or fourth most points for, I forget. And then gets to go up against possibly the weakest division winner we've ever seen in cheap beer. The man who finished with the seventh most points for this year, Wario. Lamar is a king. Look, I can take some blame for trading him. If I had started him this week, I would have won. Uh, But I needed a running back, and no one wanted him. Kevin was the only man willing to take a chance on Lamar Jackson, and it has paid off in spades for the man because... He has had seven straight weeks of 20-plus, and I continue to expect that to go on because the amount of rushing he does is just insane. However, he does have tough matchups in terms of all of his skill position players this week. He does not have anyone in the green if you go to his team, all in the red except for his defense and kicker. I think if Godey can get out of this round, he is set up nicely to walk away with his second championship and another, what do we say, eight months with Jamie Lynn. Third, my nemesis. The man who has now become the sole reason why I will continue to care about cheap beer, Duncan Dugout. Yes, you heard me right. Duncan Dugout. I will not give that name airtime on this podcast. And I cannot wait to spend the rest of our lives beating this man down in fantasy football because it's all I'm going to try and do. Duncan Dugout is at plus 350. He has the most points for on the year. Baby Shark gets Minshew back. So instead of being squandered uh, by Nick Foles, He's now going to get Gardner Minshew to throw him the ball. Might see an uptick there. The biggest question, though, is Dalvin Cook healthy? Because that was a tough fall um, and tough finish 
before Duncan dugout. And if Cook misses time, I begin to get worried because there's not a lot of depth in that team. However, I think he has maybe the second most fearsome foursome with Zeke, Cook, Godwin, and Shark. So if all four of those are healthy, that's why he's number three. Number four, Wario Endgame, plus 450. Much like Wario, this team defies odds. I just don't get it. I don't get how he wins every week. I don't get how he goes up against the worst version of every team. But it keeps happening. Derrick Henry is insane. Um, In my listicle, which I had started last night, I'll talk a little bit more about him. He was the best pick of the second round. Amassed 114 points in four weeks, in the last four weeks. 114. Next week, so whoever he plays between Duncan and Drake, Henry will be going up against the Texans, who have the 29th ranked run defense, so good luck. But then in the championship, he's playing New Orleans, who has the fifth best run defense. So Wario might use Henry to win in the semis, but the finals are going to be a lot more interesting. Wario's getting healthier at the right time. Not only does he have a bye, Hill is back and Adams is back. Devontae Adams has had four straight weeks of double digits and is consistently getting better. I think he had 11 his first week back, two weeks of 18, now on to 24. If Adams and Hill, John Brown, Derrick Henry are all healthy, that's a pretty good foursome to rely on, even though Cohen and Garoppolo are still being trusted. Number five, Kenyon Drake at plus 550. I think two podcasts ago, I mentioned that I had Tim as a dark horse. I'm out. I'm out on the, on the Kenyon Drakes. I originally had him sixth, uh, but I do think his team is rounding form nicely right now. Devontae Parker, how many weeks in a row do you, listener, think he has had double-digit points? He's had them since week three. That's 10 straight weeks, nine, because he probably had a bye, nine straight weeks of double digits from Devontae Parker. DeAndre Hopkins has scored over 15 points since week four. So you can pencil in Parker and Hopkins for a minimum of 25 points. However, I do not understand the two Browns running backs thing. I think the only duo that I would be comfortable starting is if I had Evans and Godwin. These two running backs are going to cannibalize each other. The four weeks they've been back together, they have yet to combine for 40 points. Now, I will say that combined, they're over 15 every time. But that doesn't do it for me. 16 to 40 points? That's not enough. You know, if you get the Browns in a bad week, 
It's a beatable team. And of the two, Kareem Hunt's been better. He's hit double digits every week he's been back. How did he end up on the Browns? He should be a stud somewhere else. Number six, Coitus Martin, plus 575. Look, I really wanted to put Coitus fifth. I was shocked to see that he had that many points for because there's really nothing on this team that excites me. But he gets it done. And unlike Mike and Tim, he scores. So maybe it's just something I'm not seeing. This is the best value on the board. But I just don't trust the Coitus magic. I know I picked Staniel as a first-time winner. But I think Coitus crashes out. He's just happy to be here. We're expecting a man who is starting Ryan Tannehill. He has three QBs, including Tannehill, and he's starting Ryan. Now I know we have seen some wacky shit with quarterbacks in cheap beer playoffs, but Tana Magic? I don't see it. I love the two tight ends. I think it's great, especially one-two, you know, Kelsey Waller. Kelsey has been double digits since week six, so you can count on him. But I'm worried. Pats are playing the Chiefs this week. They're counting on the Pats D after they got not lit up, but they got scored on against the Texans. They got lit up against the Ravens. I worry there. I just don't think the Pats D playing the Chiefs is what Rochi needs to start his playoff experience the right way. So there you have it. We have Staniel Derns plus 250, Goaty McGoatface plus 325, The Nemesis Duncan Dugout plus 350, Wario Endgame plus 450, Kenyon Drake plus 550, and Coitus Martin plus 575. In this first round, I'm going to give the edge to the two members of Laws, Goaty and Duncan. Sorry, Roach. Sorry, Tim. I think it's going to be a short playoff berth for you both. Of these six, Kevin and Mike are the only two who would be repeat winners. So for the rest of us six, let's root for Kevin and Mike to not win and Jose not to win because fuck Jose. Now it's time put down your beer cans, to sober up, to look over in that bar seat next to you and be shocked and horrified that you're in Indiana, because that's right, Carolyn is looking right at you. Hello darkness, my old friend, I've come to talk with you again. To give some background again on why we name this disgusting trophy, this disgusting display of ineptitude. Carolyn, here's why. Damn, y'all, I don't even know her last name anymore. That's really sad. First name's Carolyn. She hung around a girl named Bev. Bev started to date Joel our freshman year, brought Carolyn along to everything. And my God, you want to talk about a Gail the Snail-esque person? 
it was Carolyn. She could not hang with us. She did not provide anything to the proverbial table. She was not hot. She did not have good stories. She wasn't a partier. Brought nothing. But there she was every goddamn weekend. You know, it started out with some hilarity. Uh, the first night I met Sean and Michael Bolton, took a train out to Malden to party at Sean's parents' house. Got very drunk, but then, you know, this was before Uber, definitely before I could afford Uber at 18. Had to go back to campus by 11. Get to the orange line. Sitting on the orange line, all right. I'm a little buzzed, but I'm fine. Look up across from me. There's a girl, hands covering her mouth, and I slowly see vomit seeping through her fingers. Dustin sitting next to her, no idea. And it slowly starts to drip all over him. Utter hilarity, but really not the girl you ever want to be associated with. That's okay. You know, Joel's dating Bev. We want Bev to feel comfortable with all of us. You can bring your friend. Go to Dustin's Cape house. Once again, Carolyn cannot hold her shit. Vomits all over a bedroom wall and tries to hide it. Now, we may have been making a lot of fun of her at this point, but come on, you're not going to win us over with a display like that. So that's why last place gets you Carolyn because she throws up everywhere. She does not enhance any situation you're in. And in fact, detracts from most situations because then you have to clean up her throw up or get off the tee. So here we go. Carolyn odds. As a reminder, the winner of Jeff versus Nick will get the highest seed remaining. However, I'm not even sure Nick has checked his team. He's lost seven weeks in a row. Four weeks with under 100. He played Julio Jones last week. So, for that reason, he's plus 150 to win Carolyn. To get stuck with Carolyn. Winning is a stretch. This is also another reason why we need to have a punishment for last place so that we can get people to stop doing this. I get it. You know, your team's garbage. You don't want to look. You're going to lose every week. Who gives a fuck? But we need to punish ineptitude. We need to punish it. So, Nick, if you're paying attention, change your lineup. Otherwise, you're going to get stuck with last, but... I don't think he really gives a shit. Number two, Heinous Anus, plus 275. Look, Heinous is used to this. Last year was an aberration. For some God knows reason in 2018, Jamie Lynn, she must have had a concussion. That's like the only thing I can think of. Maybe her kid was keeping her up late too much. There's no other reason. No other reason for why Heinous Anus made the playoffs, but he's back. Ineptitude breeds Carolyn. 
She can smell it. She loves it. She just wants to drop on the ground in a huge piss, vomit, shit-filled hole, bathe in it. Heinous anus is starting Tyler Eifert. I honestly thought Tyler Eifert retired because he was hurt so much. Heinous anus is starting him. Once again, why the hell do we have tight ends? Tevin Coleman has scored over 15 points once this year. He's also starting this week for Heinous anus. If you get Heinous anus on a week without Kamara and Fournette going off, you're golden. Plus, <laughs> wonder if you guys will cut that out or you'll keep it. Heinous anus, plus 275. Number three, hot girly summer, plus 400. You can see here there's a bigger jump. I really think at this point it's going to be heinous anus or to his hip. Hot Girly Summers starting the boomer bust Will Fuller. The Tyler Lockett Hate Club definitely remembers the time Will Fuller put up 54 against us. Aaron Jones, been bad the last couple weeks. I don't know if he's hurt. They've just got Devontae Adams back, so they're throwing it more. But he's not been good. Cortland Sutton. Really have to wonder if Dustin is going to overdraft Cortland Sutton next year because, my God, what a pickup. Joel reminded me this weekend that he actually got Cortland Sutton in the trade with Staniel Derns and dropped him. So, what a ride it's been for Cortland. Three teams, no playoffs. Fourth, the Tyler Lockett Hate Club, plus 450. We've already talked about my team. I don't need feel the need to go any deeper. It would not shock me if I lost this week to Hot Girly Summer. I think uh, I've lost the locker room and I'm waiting to get fired. You know, just like Terry Francona and the fried chicken days. Why God Why? Plus 500. Is Robert Woods back? 30 points last week, boys. If Woods is back, I think Sean will be pretty safe. Meanwhile, Austin Eckler is another member of the Great Pick Club. Two weeks under 10 all year. I think all of us were scared off by Melvin Gordon coming back. Uh, but Eckler has been a great pick. Best player on Why God Why. Uh, and helped save him from utter ineptitude at the start of the year. Number six. Allen's to Oranges, plus 550. I mean, he's starting Russell Gage, so maybe Sean should be ahead of him. Uh, Russell Gage, who is that, you ask? Number three, maybe number four wide receiver on the Atlanta Falcons. Will Thielen and Hoop or Hooper come back? Right now, neither is in his starting lineup. If they both sit for these next two weeks, it would not shock me if Allens to Oranges continue to fall apart. However, Kenny Galladay, under 10, only three times this year. So that's six weeks of double digits. Gotta love that if you're Cornholio. So there you have it, y'all. 
That's every team in the Jamie Lynn or the Carolyn. It'll be an interesting couple of weeks. I'll try to put out mini pods each week where I just talk about uh, the previous five games this week and go from there. Another reminder, if you lose your first round matchup in the Jamie Lynn bracket or win your first round matchup in the Carolyn bracket, you're going to be playing that person for two weeks. The only thing that will matter is draft order next year. And I can tell you right now, we're probably going to go back to smashing for drafting because it's the most fun. Uh, and eventually I won't fuck it up. Uh, so expect that. Uh, and don't forget, fuck Tyler Lockett because if it wasn't for him, I would be fighting for Jamie Lynn. I would be in a great mood. Instead, I'm sitting here in the dark, in the snow, waiting for March Madness. But anyways, thanks for listening again, guys. I really appreciate the fact that you guys continue to be interested in the ways that I provide uh, content. It's a lot of fun. If anyone wants to call in next week, uh, Dustin and I did it. It's really easy. And uh, I have a great little sheet here that I made. So it makes it easy for you and I to have a discussion. Peace out. Much love. Have a good week, y'all.